and welcome. We're back. It's Trucking Answers through your ear hole. That's the best way to get me. You don't have to look at me. Right, Gracie? Oh, yes, I know. They don't have to see what I'm wearing or not wearing. I hear you, Gracie. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host. She's right here next to me, uh, waiting to chime in at any moment on the show. Uh, we try to do this two times a week. Now, I said there probably wouldn't be one Friday, and there last Friday, and there wasn't for several reasons, which I'm going to go into in a minute. So we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we will have yet another reason why we don't live on Mars. Do you know why I'm not driving around on Mars right now in a Marsmobile? Uh, yeah, that's because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people on this planet that I have to waste my tax dollars providing dry cheese sandwiches for. And uh, that's uh, why I can't live on Mars. So we'll have that reason in a moment. We'll have some mats wrap up today, too. That was the big deal here last weekend. Mid-America Truck Show. I want to thank everybody that came out to the truck show and said hello. I got to meet a lot of people, astute viewers of the channel, which I don't get to do that often. And that was pretty wonderful, getting to see everybody, uh, see everybody in person, meet everybody. That was great. On Friday... Uh, if anybody met me on Friday, I was really tired, so I'm not trying to make any excuses, but here's what happened Thursday, right? My, uh, my employer would not give me the day off. I argued with him about it numerous times, um, and I just couldn't get the day off. And this is why, this is another reason that I talk to people when I say, you know, doing extra stuff for employers and that it doesn't, it doesn't do you any good. If you need the money or want the extra money right then, that's one thing, but don't ever think like that benefits you look i've been here a long time and it has not benefited me in any way i commented that to them several times you know i don't know how many years ago it was now i came in and worked on christmas day all right and um, you know i've come in i don't know how many saturdays and extra days and stuff i've worked and then i want a day off and can't get it simply can't get it so i ended up working thursday night and i didn't get home until six in the morning friday so I only slept a couple hours and had to be down in Louisville because I promised everybody I'd be at the pavilion by 2 p.m., uh, which was the food court there, which I thought would be a good place to, to uh, first show up. And so I was. I walked in the food court about 1.50 p.m. So, but I was super tired and I had to park basically back in Indiana because I was there so late. So Friday, I was just basically walking around in the place like a zombie immediately got out of there hit the hotel and went to bed so up early saturday of course because i had to hit the stage on saturday i don't uh and give my educational talk and i have my air quotes up for that certainly but that was certainly a lot of fun you know what <laughs> one little insider thing that microphone that microphone was really heavy <laughs> right and you say it's a first world problem but i'll tell you what the next couple days my shoulder hurt a lot from holding that microphone that's really something i didn't realize that he handed that thing to me and i'm like wow what is this thing made out of iron or something like that so that was really heavy but that was a lot of fun and uh hopefully i get to come back and do it again it was really incredible it fulfilled like a you know basically a lifelong dream of mine of speaking on stage to people where i'm not just a you know like in a mosh pit where I run up on stage, but they've actually asked me to come. And I, uh, they did, and it was pretty great. And I got to see everybody. There were a lot of seats that were filled. There were only a few empty seats, and that was even better. hope everybody got something out of that, education or a laugh or something. And I appreciate everyone holding the fruit throwing to the end. That was pretty nice. I did have security there, but they 
somehow some fruit slipped through. Uh, I appreciate you holding it to the end for me. That was really good. I think everybody should attend a Mid-America Truck Show or a truck show like that at some point, you know, to kind of be around your own kind, uh, thousands of <laughs> drivers, and learn about things about the industry. If you're going to be a professional in it, you can learn from many different manufacturers of products and companies and educational seminars, of which there were dozens of them throughout the three days of this truck show it was easily the most busy truck show i think that i've ever seen and i've been at many of them over the years it was super packed full of people a lot of walking a lot of meeting everybody and just uh people coming up to you during the day and saying hello and that that was pretty pretty great i wanted to talk also more about variant people said mark why are you at the variant booth aren't the u.s express here's the thing about variant and when we had a we did a show there from Variant. I went live short for a little short time there from Variant with a Variant ambassador who was there in the booth to get out the idea of the ambassador program. And people were asking questions like, what's the detention? What's the, uh, you know, what's, how much is breakdown? That? Here's the thing about Variant. I don't think we need to worry about that at Variant. That's not why we're there. And that sounds crazy to say at a place. But that doesn't, because... That's not your total pay package. If you are just driving somewhere and you have to rely only on your paycheck, okay, that's one thing. But I always tell people to have income other than their paycheck. And that's the deal at Variant. Mark, what's the deal? That's the deal at Variant. That's why, okay, so uh, it's likely two hours of before you get $20 an hour. That's pretty common in the industry for detention. So let's say it's the same there. I'm not sure if that's it. But he thought that was what it was. He didn't pay attention to it either <clears throat> because it doesn't matter. So, for example, you get somewhere and they go, it's going to be six hours. So, you know, the first two hours, you're not going to get paid, all right, which you agree to when you start at a company. You look at their pay, and if you go there, you agree to that. All right. But here, we're not going to care about that. We're not going to say, well, you know, we're not going to get paid because what you want to do then is use that time to get other people to come to Variant. That is why you are going there. Because the upside of your down list is incredible and unlimited. So let's say in that two hours, you do a live show. You go 90 minutes live to talk to people about Variant. You know, you go on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you are or all of the platforms. You just pop in here and there. <clears throat> Try to get people to come in, talk to them, and uh, be Variant type man, basically. And let's say from that two hours, you get somebody to come on at Variant, Okay. It's possible, right? Let's see. be honest, it's possible. So that person gets 2,500 miles a week over the next year. Now remember, you get two cents a mile for every mile that they drive. So that's $50 a week, and they add that to your check every Friday. right? You don't wait a month. You don't get it every quarter. It's every week. So you get $50 a week for a year, $2,500 from that person's miles. That's what you made in that two hours. The At a place like Variant, we can't be thinking the old school model of miles plus stops plus all. That's not the thing. It's 60 cents a mile for experienced drivers. You can get that everywhere at the truck show, probably if you have experience walking up and down the aisles, no problem. The idea here is to maximize the amount of money that you make while you're gone. So, if you are gone, and so that two hours, that two hours of work is going to net you $2,500 over the next year for that time. So not 
bad. That's way more than if you were trying to just get the $20 an hour for the whole time. So we can't think of downtime there as unpaid time. It can be productive time. Now, if you're unwilling to bring people on and, uh, you know, like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be recruited for a place. That's fine. But then this place is just another average pay place like any other place. Is there a compelling reason to go on there? Maybe if they have a terminal near you or, you know, the route, the route goes by your house or something like that. But there's their pay is not like super exceptional. It's it's the industry pay. OK, they ha the dispatch there is super interesting that computers dispatch you and stuff. But that's not some reason to go there. The goal there is to recruit other people there so that you can get that. If you have a just a 10 person You've recruited 10 people, and they each get 2,500 miles. That's $50 a person times 10. That's $500 per week, every week on Friday, added to your check there. That's the deal there. All right, so you're making your 1500 bucks or whatever, but you get another $500. That's an extra 30% on your pay, and you get that even on your off week. So let's say you take a week off. You get that money the week you're off. You get that money every week. So I think that's interesting. And then, as we know, they do a kind of reverse Amway where the people that you hire, if they recruit someone, you get paid a little bit on those people as well. And you had nothing to do with that. Nothing at all to do with it. That's the key to the place. It's an unlimited amount of people that you can recruit downline. Unlimited. And those people can recruit in the downlines like eight people long. But the initial person is the two cents a mile, and that's the key to everything. If you had 20 people, that could be $1,000 a week. A week. That's 50 grand before you start driving. You've already made $50,000. Think about that, the potential of that. And if you're good at it, like the person that was there, there's a lot of potential for it. A lot. But that's the point of going there. So that place, we don't care as much about, you know, detention, waiting time, all that stuff. You know, it doesn't matter as much because that's not what we're there. We're not only going to rely on the check there. We're going to rely on getting more people there for them so that we can get this extra on our check. If you're getting an extra $1,000 a week on your check from recruiting, do you care if you waited two hours for, you know, where they didn't pay you? Because you can use that two hours to make money. You can make money during that two hours that you're sitting there. What if you put another person on? There's another uh, $50, you know, that kind of thing. That's how it works. And that was the whole key to the place. That's what I was trying to get across there. And I hope people, you know, kind of got that. And it's not for everybody, but it might be for some of you. It might be. It's worth talking to them, calling them and see what they have to say about it, and what you think about whether you could do that kind of thing because the upside is huge, is really huge. There, They showed me over a dozen people's checks he pulled up that have, you know, 20, 30, 50 people on. It should be at 50 people on there, right, at 50 apiece. That's $2,500 a week. Think about that before you go to work there. That's incredible. That's a possibility at the place. That's what I was trying to say there, and uh, it may not have come off right in the live show, but that is exactly what the story was. I want to go into some numbers here from ATBS, American Truck Business Service, right? I think is what it's called. So they had some numbers 
uh, which I didn't get to on the live show that I do every Monday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Their numbers are in for last year on average revenue for owner-operators. Now, they do a lot of things at companies that have lease purchase programs. And I know the people that listen to this are super astute and way above average. But these are the average that they are getting from people that use their tax services. So this is pretty interesting. Last year, the average van owner-operator that uses ATBS made for themselves 71170 that's gross before you pay taxes on it that's money left over after truck expenses okay but so any money you take beyond that would have to be taxed of which you pay self-employment tax you know that an employee doesn't pay you'd have to buy health insurance and all that think about this that's 1368 dollars a week all right what exactly is the point of owning a truck for less money than you'd make as a company driver doing the exact same thing and not have any hassles Refrigerator was the lowest, which I'm surprised at because the rates are better. 66075 I think probably part of that is some companies make you pay the reefer fuel, and I don't think you should because it isn't your load. It's their load, all right? A, the split or whatever should be it. Include fuel, but it doesn't, I guess. That's $1,270 a week. All right, congratulations. And then you pay 15.4% uh, or whatever because... Uh, you pay self-employment and your tax, where if you're a company driver, they pay the self-employment part of the tax because they're the employer. So twelve seventy a week to own a truck and be gone, there's no reason to that at all. You can be home every day and make that kind of money. And Flatbeds did the best, $81,194. That's $15.61 a week is the average, uh, you know, basically adjusted gross for people that use ATBS. And I do think a lot of this is people at Western Express and Prime and all these other companies that lease trucks that are like leasing. All they do is want to lease a truck to you, you know, JCB, all this other stuff. And uh, John Krishna, right, JCT, that's it, um, that lease these trucks. So even that, 1500 bucks to own a truck, you can speed company driver and do that. It should be double that. <laughs> it should really, if it's not double that, what is the point? Oh, Mark, well, I own the truck. I make thirteen sixty eight a week. Oh, congratulations. You don't have, if you bought health insurance and taxes out of that, you don't make any money. That is no kind of money. So uh, I'm not impressed by those numbers, but I do think it's skewed because of the um, what they're doing and who their customers are. They can't be using a lot of regular owner operators for that that you know are just on a percentage somewhere at a smaller place because those numbers are not great. They're about to release some oil from the Strategic Reserve again because of the Biden price hike. Oh, oh I said it. I said it. And at Christensen Trucking, you heard of them, right? They're going to partner with Locomation. I don't know if you've heard of that place. I've done a video about them for their convoy technology. So they, what Locomation does is you put this technology in your truck and then other people have it in their truck. It can be the same company, but it doesn't have to be. So what happens is two trucks go out, I guess, and find each other on the road. They find love, trucker, truckloveonly.com. <clears throat> when they find each other, they talk to each other, okay? When they say, hey, are you locomation? Yeah, I am too. So then they establish a link between each other, and the second truck pulls up right behind the first truck, like within feet of the first truck. And the first truck driver is controlling both trucks. 
So every movement basically that's done on the first truck is done on the second truck immediately because there wouldn't be time for a driver to react to it. But the computer can react to it. And what this does is save fuel for both trucks. It makes them both more aerodynamic. This saves a considerable amount of fuel. They've done a bunch of testing on it. And at some point, if the second truck or first truck or whatever has to go a different direction, they just break the link like a mind meld and they separate and go their separate ways. But for that time, the trucks get better mileage. And theoretically, the second driver is supposed to be able to rest, although I don't know how nervous I'd be two feet behind a truck in front of me where the computer at some point could just murder you by slamming the brakes on on the first truck. Because I assume that's what the computer is attempting to do or will do at some point in the future. <clears throat> so that's what they're doing. They are partnering with them. And to use this technology, plus we have to get a lot of laws changed first as well. So they're only be able to do it in selected states at the moment. There's only a couple of states that allow this kind of thing. So if you see two Christian trucks, you know, two feet from each other, this is a possibility that they are mind melded together. And the second driver is not really driving. He's just waiting there, presumably to die at any second. I mean, what if you saw the back doors of that truck right there in front of you? You know, that's all you see. But that's what they're going to do. That's what they're trying to do. That's really something. They said that there are a bunch of safety issues on the road. Imagine that. And they, the police say unsafe speed is the biggest safety issue. And I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that... Um, uh, you know, they're basically saying speeding for unsafe speed. And I think it's um, too fast for conditions is worse than speeding. If you're going 68 and the 65 and there's nobody around, is that as unsafe as going 55 in a 65 where it's all ice? Uh, it's the conditions. And we know just from this accident that just happened in Pennsylvania here, what, a couple days ago, the road's still closed as of, as of this recording. Uh, 51 uh, vehicles slammed into each other in the snow. Three people are dead, a bunch of people in the hospital. Everybody's following too close and going too fast for conditions. If you come upon an accident and slam into it, you're going too fast because you didn't stop in time. You have to be able to stop for whatever is in front of you, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's daytime, nighttime, put some space there and slow down some. That's got to be the whole key to it. It can't be this other things, plus distracted driving is the other part of it. People are forever distracted doing stuff instead of driving. Your whole goal should be to drive, okay? Worry about doing other things later. Later. Oh, this needed to get out here, too. This didn't make it to the live show. We were busy talking about the Mid-America Truck Show. So this accident in Virginia. Now, get this. This is why following the law can be important even just for a minute. So, apparently, where this accident happened, trucks are not allowed in the left lane. It didn't have an lo exact location. I'm watching the cat. She's about to attack. So, uh, she may come jump in at any moment. Oh, what are you doing? Um, so apparently, at that point, there's no one. You're not allowed in the left lane. All right. So, a car is, it's raining. It slides out, hydroplanes or whatever the police said and slams into a semi that's driving in the left lane and the truck driver is charged all right so the car driver's charged with um uh failure to maintain their lane but the truck driver is charged for not being in the lane believe me the hammer the virginia hammer whatever that is probably a guy with a three-pointed hat and a powdered wig is going to be out there and that's going to be a problem. <clears throat> okay. The driver's ticketed. He's 
it's driving in a place he's not supposed to be. That's going to be the argument is, hey, that car wouldn't have hit the truck if he would have been driving legally. Simple as that. So you think, oh, I'm just going to whip out here and pass somebody for a minute. And then this happens. And guess what? You got a problem. You've got a, the car was demolished. All right. It wasn't just a tap. This car, what they had to cut the people out of it. It took them a couple hours to cut the people out of the car. And the car was totaled. Okay. And because uh, this was in, this is on CDL Live or one of these. And I noted that the truck driver, it's charged for being in the wrong lane. And I thought, yeah, that's what happens. And you go out there and you think, I'll just be out there. I'm going to take a chance. Now you got a problem. Not only do you have a ticket, but believe me, the company and that driver are for sure going to be sued. For sure. Somebody's probably already contacted these people because it's in the news. They're getting tons of lawyer requests and they're going to sue them. Uh, and maybe rightly so. Here's the thing. If you can't be in the left lane, you can't be in the left lane. Well, but Mark, I got to pass the slower traffic. Oh, well, I'd say, why don't you just go get paid better? See, if you were paid correctly, you wouldn't have to worry about that. You could drive legally. Okay, you wouldn't have to. And say, well, I'm not driving illegally. If you're not allowed in the left lane, you are. Okay, so go get paid properly. And believe me, you're going to spend the next couple of years in litigation, possibly have to testify. Who knows what happens? If this person is an owner-operator, which I don't know, that's a huge problem. That is a huge, huge problem. If you're a company driver, you're probably better off than you would be because ultimately, right, as an employee, you're an agent of the carrier, so you could lose your job, though, or whatever, and all this, and it's going to be, I don't know, it depends how bad they're hurt, I'll tell you that. Apparently, they got flown to the hospital or whatever. It's going to be a big problem, all because you had to go down the left lane where you're not allowed. Not allowed. Well, Mark, I should be allowed. You Maybe you should be, but you aren't at that point. And they're ticketed for it. And I, there's really no way to fight the ticket. Uh, I don't think. What is your excuse, What is your argument to the judge? You go to plead not guilty. Goes okay. And the, they ask the officer, "Was this person left lane?" Yes. All right. And they go to you. All right. What is your defense to this? I wasn't in the left lane. That'd be your only defense. Yes, I was in the left lane. Okay. Okay. Why? You know that's the thing. Unless you're going around some kind of blockage or whatever, you're not allowed out there. You just have to wait it out in the right lane. And so nothing goes wrong until something goes wrong. And then when something goes wrong like this, it goes very wrong. It goes down the tubes fast. And that's a real problem. A real problem for this driver. You, you know, look, depending on where this goes, this goes on your record. It could be, you know, some other places could look it up by your name because there could be depositions and stuff. It's a problem. You know, it's super big problem. So consider that when you want to swing out in the left lane for a minute, something like this happens. You think, oh, nothing will happen. Something happens. And now this driver has got issues. The AAA, AAA reports there were 20% more calls in the last uh, four months, what, three months, right, this year, for people running out of gas than they normally have. Calls are up 20%. And they said because gas prices are up, people are not getting gas as often. Here's the thing. If you need gas to drive around, you still have to go buy gas. You can't just drive your car until it stops running. I don't know what the point. Are you trying to get like the one gallon or two gallons of free gas they give you? I don't know what it is at AAA. I guess that's one way to get a couple of gallons of free gas because they'll bring you 
what, a gallon or two of gas to the side of the road if you don't mind sitting there for an hour or two for, you know, $5 worth of gas. <clears throat> but that is up because people are pushing their cars to where they don't have any gas in them. As far as I know, most cars today have like a little light on them that you can look at and say, oh, uh, why is that gas pump lit up? You know, why is the gauge say empty? Whatever. Don't run out of gas. Just go. If you don't have the gas, I guess walk or whatever. But you can't just drive the car and keep, well, I don't have any money, so I'll just keep driving it. Okay. It still needs gas. I just don't understand it. All right. Why this is a, a huge deal now. Yeah, I see. Okay. The prices are up. And then if you don't have money till Friday, you just can't say, well, I guess it'll probably make it. Apparently, it won't make it. Now, I commented about uh, gas was 501 here on Sunday at Meyer for premium. And people are like, well, Mark, why are you using premium? Well, look, here's the thing. When you have a small turbo, no matter if it's an old Omni GLHS or a newer car like our Escape, forced induction of any kind should run premium. Premium. Because of several factors. One of those is knock, pre-detonation. When you force more air in than air pressure, you increase the pressure in the cylinder. Higher pressures, especially in a hot engine, tend to um, allow gases to burst, right, to burn before their time. Okay, everything has in a specific time, very specific time. And when they, when they ignite before its time, that's called knock. You used to hear it a lot more. It doesn't happen as much now because they have what's called knock sensors, all right? And so when the engine detects knock, it retards the timing. Your engine becomes retarded, and that is a true word to use here. So all you peep advocates, don't write to me. It's correct. And so when the engine retards its timing, it increases the underhood temperatures, it makes the engine run hotter, and it reduces the horsepower of your engine. <clears throat> because it's trying to compensate for that cheap gas that you're putting in it. There are also sensors along the fuel that read the octane of it so it can set the timing as it gets the fuel. So small turbos, well really any size turbo, even your old turbo V8 Trans Am, okay, need premium fuel because the higher the octane number, which we can get 93 here, the higher the number, the harder it is for the fuel to burn. So when it gets pumped in there at high pressure, it is much less likely to have pre-detonation, to have knock because of the higher octane. The lower the octane number of a fuel, the easier it is to burn. <clears throat> so if you're in an area, maybe Colorado, where you get 85, you know, 83 at the pump, that stuff is going to light up like nobody's business. You're going to get all this knock. So if you are running a turbo, no matter what it is, it should run premium. Well, Mark, the owner's manual, I know. Do you know why they do that? And they've actually talked about this. Because if they said premium in the owner's manual, people would be less likely to buy the vehicle because they are cheap. But it should have premium like any other forced air engine. And I don't care if it's being turbocharged or supercharged. However, you're forcing air down its gullet. It needs premium. And they, you should always get top-tier gas, which you can go to toptier.com and look up stations to see if they are, in fact, top-tier. And you should always get 100% gas if you can get it. Don't get these mixtures. I know some states don't put it on the pumps. They should be required to. 
<clears throat> but some don't. Either way, you should always try to find 100% gas that is top tier. And if you have a turbo, you should be running premium. At least 91, higher the better. You don't want, what's the point of having an engine? And then it has to reduce the horsepower by 20%. Runs hotter, so all the underhood components are hotter. It's not running the way it was designed to run. Okay, if you don't want to do that, don't get a turbo. You know, this one, you could have got a 2.5 naturally aspirated in this. Also, it's about 90 horsepower less, and uh, but you wouldn't have to run premium in it. If you're going to run a premium engine, you should run premium gas in it. And it doesn't matter what year it is. If you got an old Chevy Sprint turbo, right, or some kind of new, uh, you know, Bentley, you know, turbo, uh, you know, twin turbo uh, V12. I don't care. It should have premium in it if it's being force induction because you do not want, you're not going to get knock anymore like we used to. You could lug, you know, stick shifted cars and get a bunch of knock, which is terrible for it, by the way. But uh, you could you could hear that. You'd feel it pinging around in there like ping pong balls in there, golf balls. <clears throat> you don't really get that anymore because of all the sensors. So when the sensors detect that, it reduces the timing. It changes all the timing and everything. You know, it has to change timing and all that. So it doesn't do that because it's horrible. Your engine grenades itself in there. and You don't want that. But to stop that, you know, to get the maximum power and really better fuel mileage, to be honest with you. You know, in the summer, I can get, you know, low 30s out of this thing going 70 to 75 miles an hour. And I think with four-wheel drive, and I think that's pretty good. You know, so uh, I didn't get that this time because it was 33 degrees coming back. Yikes. So we we're at 27.9, which I'll still take. That's more than the EPA sticker, which I have always do on nearly every car I get. I beat the EPA. This is 21.27 on this one. And in the summer, though, I'll hit, you know, 33, 34 with it. Pretty good. Either way, either way, get down there. If you have a turbo, go down to the premium pump. Put premium, and if you don't put premium in it regularly, it's going to take a few, uh, you know, tanks for you to notice it. Now, we'll say in the winter, if it's below, if it's going to be below 10 all week, I'll run 89 in it. Why? Same reason I said. Higher octane is harder to ignite, and it's harder to start and when it is really cold because it doesn't want to ignite. It, it you know, resists. It's like, no. Uh, so I'll run a little bit lower octane in the middle of winter if it's going to be cold the whole week, just so it starts a little bit better. And, you know, I'm not trying to get, uh, I'm not taking some big trip or something, but otherwise, you know, you know, 11 months of the year, it runs 93 octane in it. And it does very good that way. Smooth, right? Strong, good mileage. Everything runs better. That's what it's designed for. You know, they stick the regular thing in the owner's manual for cheapos, but it's designed for premium. It That's what its maximum horsepower is. That's where it's made. That's what it should have. So if you're, whatever you're running, turbo, supercharged, get down to the premium pump, open up that wallet, and fill it up with the good stuff. It's worth it. Now we move on to North Carolina, where we find a dude renting a basement apartment. It's cinder block, but he is not alone today. On the other side of the card table is his young son. And so he has a visitation, of course, because there's a woman for everyone. And he, unfortunately, doesn't have a lot of money. And they want to go, presumably, to Chuck E. Cheese. Because who doesn't 
best pizza going, as everyone says. <clears throat> Either way, he decides to head on out, turns off Sally Jesse Raphael, you know, to say power, <gasps> and heads down to the pet store with his kid, who is, by the looks of him, around four or five years old. And they go in the pet store, but they're not there to buy a pet. The father robs the store, of course, because, hey, how are you supposed to get money if you don't have any money? I mean, come on. Come on, people. Uh, you know, I hit this way you can have money also to get a cab to his later Mensa meeting. But, you see, he notices that they are calling the cops or whatever, so he grabs the money and he takes off. The thing is, he forgot he brought his kid with him. So kid still at store when police arrive. Father long gone in the wind. <laughs> they go up to the kid and ask him for his dad's name and address, of which he gives them. I guess some places make kids remember their address or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he had an ID with him. Unknown, he was able to provide this information to the police where they went there and took the dad into custody. I love it. Here's the thing. He should immediately have all of his rights terminated. <laughs> okay, you don't get to visit your kid uh, when you're taking him out on, you know, stealing sprees. I don't think they arrested the kid or anything. This is, the, this is another reason, you know, why we're not living on Mars. We have people like this here, okay, that reproduce. Maybe, you know, I think that we should sterilize this guy also. That's another thing. But uh, that doesn't ever seem to happen. But come on, folks, really? Really? It's bad enough. You know, when some criminals out there, you know, criminalizing everybody else. But then you're going to take your kid in with this. There's no way that kid should ever have anything to do with that guy again. All right. So uh, that's a story with that. And that's why I can't get to Mars. Now I got to provide dry cheese sandwiches to him and his kid. Uh, we're going to let the kid have mustard on his sandwiches because that is the preferred condiment for a cheese sandwich. But the dad, not so much. There should be, they charge him with robbery or whatever, but there should have been like child endangerment or, you know, abandonment or something like that. There should have been some kind of other charge. You can't just leave a five-year-old or whatever hanging around in a store where you rob it and then leave. That should be some kind of a charge. You know, you should catch a charge. That's what the Gen Zs say today. Uh, either way, he goes back to jail. Surprise, he has a long record. What a surprise. All right, uh, so uh, <laughs> great. Great. Just love it. Another reason why we don't live on Mars. So I want to thank everybody for coming to Maths, meeting me, saying hello. It was great to see everybody. We'll be at something uh, here pretty soon again. That was pretty awesome. Still recuperating from all my walking around. Otherwise, we'll be back with another uh, podcast. Don't forget about the YouTube channel and uh, all the uh, fun and frivolity that goes on over there. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs>